0: Alcohol, like, I've never really, like, vibe with it, ever. When I was young, like, in my, like, all through my 20s, I've only done it when it's, an, like, literally when it's a necessity. When everyone around you is doing it and that's the fucking lubricant for the day, you're like, this is my shit. But as soon as it's time to, like, go home and turn off, like, I don't struggle to put the can down. I'll, oh. like, leave half a can behind.
1: At home, I don't drink. I think it's because I've built, like, this social life and working in hospital as well, it's kind of unavoidable. Yeah. You're either straight edge or you're hardcore, not straight edge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Two extremes, but I feel like it makes people more socially pliable. Yeah. And I'm already socially pliable, so I like to participate. in, I think in, the, in the like eruption of people being more socially free. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Fucking oath, fucking oath. It's so crazy. Like those, I always find it interesting the um, people that you know only through partying, and then like you see them in a normal day, and you're like, "How you going?" They're like, "Oh, hey, man." Yeah. So, we don't know each other through an illegal connection. You know that, yeah. right? Like We're just people experiencing each other right now. But people have a fucking thing where it's like without that without that edge taken off, like we're not friends. Yeah. We're not cool. But then as soon as that edge is taken off, it's like we're not just friends. Like come to kick-ons.
1: They speak freely and they're so willing to say things. Yeah. And I mean people are willing to say things to me in the street that don't know me. Yeah. So when you vaguely know someone and they've got two beers in their system, it's like, I'll tell you my secrets
0: yeah yeah
1: let's talk about big issues or solve problems
0: yeah let's start a business dude
1: that's always how it goes it's those kick-ons chats that I'm like you guys are saying things that I really vibe with yeah yeah, but yeah. you're gonna wake up tomorrow and go what a silly idea
0: I've always had the um, presence where I felt like I've had like it's you know anecdotal evidence and probably biased because I only listen to the shit that glorifies my own you know don't we all? Yeah, 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 exactly. But I've I've always had this thing where like people have always said like you're a wizard at kick ons. Like I'm just saying the, the wildest shit that everyone kind of has in the back of their mind, but they're not like registering as like I that's how I feel, yeah. or that's what I think. Then they hear it and they're like, fuck, you know, like you're right. And it's like I know, <laughs> and I'm fucked up at the moment, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's so interesting, so interesting. We should probably fucking intro this. I'm probably gonna use a little bit because that's that that was like fucking crazy to get that real that quick. <laughs> hey. Radio, Gollage. Yes, Gollage. Gollage. Radio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jacob. I'm from Black Ink, and today I'm joined by Brooke Gollage of Guardians, Guardians of Happiness. Of happiness. Very good. Tell us a little bit about Guardians of, Guardians of Happiness.
1: Um, Guardians of Happiness is a collaborative effort with me and my mum. Right. Um, she...
0: You didn't just throw up on the...
1: No, you just made the noise. Hell Yeah. Um, Guardian's Happiness is a collaborative effort with me and my mum. Yeah. She started it between seven and eight years ago working out of home, she had a drastic life adjustment, got pastry chef qualified. Um, okay. I was getting kitchen qualifications at the time as well and I went and worked at a call centre, did another couple of jobs I've sort of worked all over and then decided that she needed help and wanted to grow. Yep. Um, so I joined up with her and we've been in brick and mortar for three years now.
0: And what's the uh, like? What what are your main products that you're selling out of Guardians of Happiness?
1: Um, essentially, started off as a custom cake shop and patisserie, custom order, all bespoke stuff. Yeah. Um, when we were at home, and now we've opened it up to like a cafe, cake shop, birthday parties. Yeah. I run like a fully functional kitchen for lunches and things for the local folks of CBD.
0: And you have like a little, um, I'm not sure if there's a regular thing, but the thing where the kids come in and learn how to cook as well? Yeah, we
1: have a cooking school as well. So once a week, um, our mum and my new apprentice, Holly, run a cooking school. Yeah. So kids between the ages of 12 and 15 to 16 come in and learn the basics of cooking. Wild. Kind of angling it to be like the be the most capable person in your share house when you go to uni situation. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. The sort of tools that kids aren't learning so much. They don't learn them at school really and parents have barely got time to teach them or it's another thing for kids like there's... Bunbury's got sports and vocational stuff but... Yeah. And growing arts community but there are kids like I was not interested in playing footy. I wanted to cook but there was nowhere I could do it when I was a kid so...
0: Interesting, yeah. on, on From that perspective, it's definitely... Yeah, accessible. Yeah. Like I would it,
1: just fuck up my kitchen at home and mum would get upset. So yeah. Now they get to come and do it at our shop.
0: I think it's crazy and I'm I, I'm going to dance around this the whole time. But like the whole, like out of the females that I've been um, like in a relationship or involved with, like if I would around them all into one person, that person didn't know how to cook. And I'm not saying they should. Yeah. I'm just saying that these women all didn't, I know how to cook. I know how to cook enough to live by myself and have different meals every night and different breakfast every day. I'm not flexing. Yeah. But Seems to be that, that art, especially of women cooking, it's like women really take pride in not being able to cook now and I don't know where that came from.
1: Of my couple's friends, the men are the ones that I sit down with and talk about food. Like I will do collaborative efforts with one of my the males in my couple's friends and we will cook meals and do friends' dinner parties and yep. his missus is just not capable yep. or interested and that's fine if it's not something you're interested in but it's the same with there's like four couples in this group and I will gang together with all the blokes and we'll all cook and talk yeah. about food and the ladies just uninterested
0: there's definitely a problem-solving element to cooking food yeah because you realize like okay I've got all these uh, you know elements I guess and some of them work together with some of them some of them work with all of them some work with none of them
1: yeah.
0: now what can I do
1: and it's like it's without even if you're following a recipe it's a creative endeavor yeah you're going there's so many more variables anybody thinks about it's' Making macarons or bread, the temperature of the room, the humidity of the room, yep. the hot spots in your oven, the type of oven. Like if you don't know your oven like a brother, yeah, you aren't going to be able to be making certain types of foods.
0: I don't have that relationship with my oven at all. With my I, motorbike though, yeah, I know where the hot spots are on that thing yeah. for sure.
1: I think it's if, lots of people will be inclined to apply everywhere. Like I've got lots of things in my life that I know the the quirks of everything. Yeah, to ease my life, but it does make my brain crowded. And with cooking, it's like compounded to tenfold. Every time you move house, it's like.
0: Yeah, I think also though, like one thing that we're, now we're so far, and I say, whereas in you and I as creatives in a particular sense, like you kind of get so far down the road where I realize that it is the intricacies and niches of like my vehicle or like my push bike or like making clothes or making designs, whatever it might be. It's that that kind of ties into your purpose and character. Yeah. And it's like you want to have that depth in something. It doesn't matter what it is.
1: It sets you aside apart from people that are attempting to do it and thinking that it's just easy as well. Yeah. Like So you can produce a product that someone, someone can make a cupcake at home. But that person's making a cupcake in their home to make the cupcake. Yeah. Not to understand the things that make the best cupcake. Like yeah. It's not the end product that I'm looking at. It's the, how do I make it so that every single one of you coming out of this oven that has a hotter back and a cooler front, Yeah. the fan is super strong. I need to adjust temperatures. Like you have to keep everything. So it's the processes and things going into the thing that yeah. make the thing better. Yeah. Not the thing is not just better. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I understand. I understand. And that's, again, dialing back to being in love with the process rather than being in love with the result.
1: Yeah, it's all process.
0: Yeah. And if you can find yourself as just like a real, like, I love the process. I love the process of like starting something you're like, oh, I'm shit. Yeah. I'm shit. Where do I, where do I start? Yeah. It's, I
1: think it's, that's what makes it easier for, like, we both sell things. If the product was the thing that I loved, I would find it much harder to part with that thing. Yeah, like, true. Like, it's the process. I love doing the work and yeah. I love giving that work to somebody. Because they are going to value it in a in a different way than I valued it.
0: Yeah, definitely, and definitely, and like this is the thing. I feel like my job almost—I don't know if you're in the same position—but my job is to document the process of the product sells itself, mm-hmm. and like identifying what that process is, and I'm just trying to like correlate it with like the art of cooking or baking. It's like understanding what the process is you know like the process isn't buying the right flour at the shops it's actually knowing your oven yeah you know and trying to identify that i feel like trying to identify that in business in general it's like if you understand the process you understand what's going on in your business and you can really hone in on what needs to be honed in and be better at it you
1: can find the problem like even in tafe and i'm sure with most trades it's the same there's a process called diagnose and respond right and diagnose and respond is looking at a finished product comparing it to what you were either expecting what it should look like and what other people's looks like and saying What was different here? Right. Do I, is it the brownness of my bun because I added too much sugar? Is it because my oven was too hot? Yeah. It's looking at something on the face of something Is oh, that bun's just a bit overcooked and going, well, I've got to diagnose what went wrong or what can be improved and I have to respond to that in my next (coughs) endeavor. And I think I use that diagnose and respond language 400 times a day. Yeah. Every time something goes wrong, teaching apprentices, a process that's like, okay, well, this didn't go great yeah i'm a disgustingly positive person so it's a this is a shit cookie we'll just grind it up and use it as a cheesecake base yeah but we have to figure out what went wrong with it yeah so let's yeah, have a look course. at the recipe have a look at the product have a look at the things you did along the way to try and figure it out because i'm not just going to give you the answer because that doesn't teach you to do the right. thing that i do that makes you a competent person
0: i think also two things there is like one you teaching the process doubles down on like your actual knowledge and like your uh, your ability to apply that knowledge. Yeah. So like you know, as soon as you want to get better at something, like teach someone what you're doing. You know. I
1: made. I have a real problem with teaching people things. I don't. I'm kind of. I don't want to say I'm jaded by the process, but I have. I'm self-taught in almost everything. Yeah. Because I. Have never dealt well with being, micromanaged. Yeah. Or criticized actively. A couple of really early workplaces that I had were awful for that, and they've just kind of, I get really sensitive about it. So I've self taught myself lots of stuff. So when it comes to teaching people things, I'm also a very casual educator. Like I've got a very natural feel for how things go. Yeah. All of the processes are saved up here. I can't write shit down. Interesting. I'm dyslexic and can't focus that much.
0: It's crazy how much you said you said and I'm like, oh, that makes sense to my experience as well. Yeah. Yeah, that micromanaging and like, I'm quite an emotional person when you don't trust me.
1: Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. It's like, I'd rather just leave me alone. Let me figure it out.
1: The lack of that trust, it's autonomy shouldn't be that hard to come by. Like, you should just be able to give that to me. Like, I'm a capable person. Yeah. And if you need to see it a couple of times, I'll happily show you it. Yeah. But I think it's, you probably have the same attitude as I do in terms of when you meet people, you trust them until you have a reason not to. Yeah. I'm not here giving you my deepest, darkest but I also am going to interpret your behavior either quite quickly or over a period of time yeah. to determine whether or not you have lost my trust now. Yeah. And when you interact with people that don't trust you immediately and you need to prove that to them, it is so frustrating.
0: I think there's a respect and trust yeah. that those two go hand in hand. And like, I think I trust people from the get-go, but I respect no one from the get-go. Yeah. It's like, I'm quite happy. Whatever the first word you say, I'll believe. That's, that's the benefit of yeah. being a human in an interaction with a human. But like until you say something with value and back that value it's like cool trust and respect we can really make this work
1: and respect is it's a commodity like you can't just go giving it away yeah it's someone you have to know that someone's a good person either in their values or their behavior or both ideally yeah before i'm willing to give them respect or else then it's just it seems feels like it makes a fool out of you like you can't hold someone in a high regard when they're not acting in the best interests of at least themselves.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy. And like that acting in the best interest of yourself, in your, what you said, is like the most valuable thing that everyone's overseeing at the moment. Yeah. And I think I like, you know, we can all draw our conclusions. It's come from social media. It's coming from uh, the breakdown in the family unit, like all these things, whatever it is, it's your job as a human to figure it out. Yeah. That is your job.
1: And if figuring it out, half the battle. It's, the doing something about it or not griping about it that get me. Yeah. It's that pick a lane. you'll see people, you'll interact with people and until you become so aware of the fact that every time you interact with them it's the same gripey bullshit, the same they're the centre of the problem and everything that they say is leading back to the fact yeah, that they're not me. setting boundaries, they're not doing the work, they're not doing the things that are going to fix the problem and the fact that you have a problem isn't the problem. Do the thing or f- fucking chill out, forget about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like if you want to make, if you're upset because you're poor and you need to make more money, capitalism's a fucking nightmare. I get it. It's shit. I hate actively participating in it, but I'm yeah. an unwilling hostage.
0: But it also works.
1: It does. It's working. Yeah. And you know that that's a thing that you have to do. Either live a cheaper life, cut down your expenses, yeah. work harder, or just cruise Stop. on, turn yeah. your fucking brain off. Just.
0: Yeah. And I think. Um, a, a collection of all of those ideally yeah. like live well But what is it beneath your means is that yeah, the same yeah like, that's, that's
1: what you're supposed to do we
0: were just saying before like this um, like sh- going to the Shal- Salvos is like a, a, a full experience for me like what the fuck oh, I can it. I get here for
1: $5 I had Friday off and I was feeling random didn't take my ADHD medicine and I was just like I feel really random I'm going to go to every op shop in Bunbury yeah. and just have a cruise like, yeah. it's a looking and round experience see what
0: happens yeah I think um, and like most of this business is built on op shop finds like besides the things like the heat press and the vinyl cutter and printer mm. like every rack in here even the clothing racks they're 700 a piece i found them on the side of the road in perth yeah what I'm are we a, fucking talking about
1: i'm a street garbage lady yeah i love that she's so
0: much Fuck yeah this most recent um hard waste pickup i got a a barbecue i got the fucking chest freezer outside that i have ice bars in like it doesn't have power but i just needed the big insulated thing mm. um it's blanking me now. I've got four things in total and all of them were like things that in the past 12 months, I'm like, I need that or I want that. I'm just going to
1: catalog it. Yeah. Back here. And then when you drive
0: past, you're like barbecue. Yeah, exactly. I need one. Yeah.
1: My, um, Nana was a really frugal woman in looking back on our lives as kids. I think it was to sort of build a body of wealth for our naturally incredibly poor family that she wanted to leave to us, which has all been squandered by the intervening generations. Hell yeah. But going to the tip was a like a thing we yeah. did it every week and yeah. she was pulling apart computers and putting it back together she was the funnest old lady in the meanest way Yeah, so tight yeah and it's just it was fun it was so normal to me that when i hit like 18 19 i was living out of home and i'd still be excited by curbside Hell yeah! and everyone at 18 19 is posturing this i'm an adult now we do f- cool fancy things we get why lines are for you, cars why are you digging in the garbage yeah
0: yeah yeah so, Yeah, that's so crazy. It's not
1: trash, like it's just not trash.
0: Yeah, and then you have like conversations with people in your life and they're like, I was having a conversation with a bloke who owns a business in town. He goes, Oh, we threw out a gas heater. Nothing wrong with it, it works. I just don't want to take it to the tip. I don't want to sell it. I don't want to put it on marketplace. And you're like, cool. So fully functioning gas heater is now sitting on the side of the road. Someone needs a gas heater, you go get it. Now just change the words. It was a fully functioning outdoor table or it was a fully functioning XYZ. Now it's just on the curb.
1: I was given a free gas heater. There you, go. you were given it by yeah. someone who didn't need it. You were given it by the universe. Say what you have to say. Yeah. Justify it to yourself. Whatever, whatever you idea need.
0: you've got to put in the middle of that in- transaction to make you comfortable, yep. have that idea.
1: They've got, I have, you've probably got the same thing, a thousand ideas of necess- things that have a necessity that don't exist yet, what yeah. have gone away that need to come back. Yeah. I
2: That's live such out, a green way to word that. I know. And it's <laughs> like, I've just,
1: every day, it's like, ooh, ooh. The ideal situation is I become a venture capitalist and I get to find someone who wants to do it and say, "Please do it. Here's the money." Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see it happen, and I know you're capable. Yeah. But I live out in Australind in Kingston, and people have garage sales every now and then, and I'm like, the only people on this estate live in this estate, and even then, I'm like, I'm not driving through streets over. I can't be to Come and have a look at your old kids' toys, swapped-out pool toys. I yeah. don't want to buy. It's like swap meets for me was also a huge part of my childhood. Everyone right. has a car boot. Everyone rocks up at the na- the shopping center on a Sunday when everything's closed. Yeah. And everyone just opens their boot up and gives each other their shit. Yeah. And it's a one thing event that people actively go to because they know they can get something from. Yeah. It's like this idea of swapping things and giving away of things and throwing out of things. I like when people minimize their life and get rid of shit they don't need. Yeah. But like streamline it. Another f- effort in streamlining. Like just. Everyone coordinate, streamline that thing, and it's better.
0: Yeah, I think that um, I really get excited about that idea of people just coming together in general. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's something that's just totally gone by the wayside in the past. Like, you know, you want to say COVID, but it's longer than that. Yeah, It's like 10 years now since I've seen a good, like, Jalorep markets or a a good XYZ.
1: Generational thing as well, though. Like, there's... I speak to my grandma, and she has such a lack of ability to get into community. Like, she needs a community. She's getting to a point in her life where I'm so worried she's going to get depressed and lonely and all these other things and i'm like grandma find something that you like to do yeah find people that like to do that thing as well
0: and do it with them and do it with them mm.
2: yeah there are
1: things like that that exist i think it's just people's unwillingness to seek community and grow it like there are small communities that exist yeah it's just people are kind of waiting for them to rock up on their doorstep and be like hey i heard that you like knitting do yeah you want to come and do it i heard you like skating Come with us. It's like, no, you have to be in those places and you have to meet yeah. those people. It and a lot of the effort. times,
0: that, those, those people that want you involved, they're throwing that out as well. Yeah. It's like, but you have to be receiving of that. Like, as much as like, I know exactly what you're saying. I'm having this conversation with my dad at the moment. Where it's like, you don't need to drive trucks. Go do something you like yeah. doing. I know you don't like the people you work with. Do something about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just waiting for the right thing. You've been waiting for the right thing for...
1: Waiting gets you fucking nowhere.
0: Yeah, it gets you older. Yeah. That's what it gets you, but...
1: I'm tired and dejected and... And waiting then, is like your own self-enforced rejection like you're just i feel I'm, like
0: when you wait you get more evidence that it's not working yeah so you rely on that evidence it's like no no no. you're you're creating a, a like a boundary a, an idea that is a boundary and then putting bricks behind that boundary every time nothing happens yeah so it's like a confirmation bias an echo chamber of negativity yeah wow oh
1: that was nice
0: took a dark turn that was nice yeah, yeah, I fucking live to put together sentences. Hey, oh, I know, me too. Every yeah.
1: time then I'll come out with a zinger, and if one person hears it, I'm like, only one person. Heard yeah,
0: that? yeah, yeah. Now it's just the ethers. Yeah, all right.
1: I have a, a friend that we do the same. We he has post-it notes of shit that we both say all over his house. Yeah, and he'd be like, these are just they're keeping them here so they can go in the
2: books that I write.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, before all this, before like black ink was even a thing, I create, like, did creative writing every day, vocationally for years.
2: I loved
0: it. Oh, and that, that creative writing now, like when I do, especially copy. So, when you are doing copy for anything online, mm-hmm. which for the audience, if you don't know, copy is like obviously any text basically that, that exists. So, like when I'm doing captions for Instagram stuff, it's like, how can I say what I'm saying with the least amount of words, with the best possible des- describing
1: values?
2: Yeah. You know?
1: The, um, one of my old bosses was part of this business networking thing and she was not, did not have the gift of public speaking or sales, just didn't yep. have it. So it was every week when I was about 18, I would have to write a spiel for her. I'd have to go for a certain amount of time yep. outlining to the same people that go to this thing every single week, what our business, which was a law firm does. It's okay. like, we do law. We do law. It's the only fucking thing I can say every week. Yeah. And I just have to color it up. And it would be poems. It would be catchy jingles, stuff that I'd have to get her to deliver to people. And it's something that I actively love doing. Yeah, Mum always says, give me the words. So if we're launching a new product or we're doing a promotion She says do you have time to do some words for this yeah and that's words it's just and how do do.
0: what's your process how do you generate it it, like in times of creative demand how do you what's your process to get that
1: um i feel like creative like pressure and demand is how my brain survival modes at the best awesome (laughs) it just goes this thing needs to be out it's past due. i will just create the thing now yeah and i feel like it needs to be right like written in terms of actual proactive copy, like I need some. If I need something done, it needs to be written so yeah. I can physically see in front of me, read it a thousand times, make sure it's schmick. Yeah. But if I'm talking to people, it's just. Blah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite fluffy. I feel like that commitment to a page is a big deal. As soon as yeah. you commit words to a page, and especially handwritten, because you can't delete it. Once, once you're like handwriting shit, and that, all my creative writing was handwritten. Yeah. And that like commitment to this is the thought, this is the concept, this is the delivery, whatever it is, then you start to go like, oh, that's not right. It's like we're already a step ahead of where we were because yep. we've got something and we know it's not right. Or if it is right and we can build off it, even better.
1: It's the easiest way to tell when you're not feeling it as well. Like if you're looking at it and you're going, this is feels strained to yeah. read or write. It's yeah. just like you're pushing yourself to do something that you're either not vibing, you're not feeling inspired for, or you've got something better that you could be doing. Yeah. Like speaking, I could just... Consciously, will hear myself dribbling some utter shit sometimes, and I'm I'm not engaged in this conversation. I have to think, but the think of the things you're saying, yeah, it's like you're speaking to fill empty space, yeah, or you're over speaking because the person you're talking to is not engaging you enough. Like on dates, like it's just because blah, 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 the person yeah. I'm with is incredibly boring and not engaging with me, so I'm overcompensating. If I'm writing, I can see when I'm doing the same thing. Yeah, And it's like, I'm just fluffing out shit. This is, content is garbage. The things I'm saying, are shit. Yeah. I'm not engaged by this. So why would anybody else be?
0: And I've got too many, like, I can see I've got like, a big thing for me is like, oh, I've said almost twice in one paragraph. I've said oh, the 14 times, you know?
1: It's the describing words and yeah. stuff. Like it's like, how many times can you say exciting?
0: You know, what's interesting. I always saw it as a kid. I was like, oh, there's a rule against using cool words you're not allowed to use cool words. And then one day I realized, I think that's why I started writing. So I got all these cool words and like, I like these words that people don't say generally. And then I get to use them. And then I'm like, is that even what that means? And you go on this journey. And then I I remember journey of figuring out what words mean and how exciting words are and using them together and then using them into your parents and to your friends and to girls and to, and all of a sudden this whole thing opens. I remember being like probably early twenties. I'm like, there's no fucking rules, dude. You'll use let, the words. Yeah, yeah. Make them zingers.
1: Give the words to other people and you'll hear them use them. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. It's, I think I had a big... Th- I was always afraid of using words in the wrong context. Mm-hmm. I um, read a lot, especially like non-fiction stuff. I love learning. Yeah. Um, and I've read lots and lots of old classic literature. Yeah. So I was using these words that are from bygone eras that nobody is still using. Yeah. I was that wanky 13-year-old walking around talking about The people. cup of run up, run yeah, up over. Yeah. <laughs> the... The... Do the shades of Pemberley become thus polluted? Like really oh, delivering hectic. these fucking lines. Yeah. Like a proper little wanker. Yeah. But then I was afraid I'd using them wrong. So I'd learn about the words to use them properly. And I just love words. Yeah. Hearing people use words that I've forgotten exist, like I love.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah.
1: My it's- friend went through uni doing his advertising degree and he would throw out... The wankiest thing for everything. And I love that he got so attached to phrases that he thought sounded cool. Yeah. That I immediately am like, God, that is so wanky. But I'll still throw them down now. And also,
0: they'll connect with people. The crazy part, like, oh, man, nothing that, that drives me more nuts is when I deliver a piece of art, whether it's a, you know, a caption, a reel in general, a still image or whatever it is. And I don't fuck with it, but it resonates with people.
1: Oh, I that you called it a piece of art. That's dope.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. I'm a fucking artist now. Yeah. I'm fully just an artist. I'm not a truck driver anymore. I'm just an artist.
1: The gatekeeping of art, the perceived gatekeeping in a lot of times to artistry is just so hard to overcome, but so necessary.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I even had this chat with Jade from Salon Sugar. I was like, you know, we're artists. And I'm like throwing it out They're kind of like, right? And she's like, yeah, of course. I'm like, yeah, of course we are. That's yeah. what we do. We're... But yeah, it's definitely something that I feel like until I really made that distinction, because there's a the thing, artists are meant to be poor, so I don't have to worry about money anymore.
1: You or know? poor or pretentious. Because if you're not poor, you're pretentious.
0: <laughs> True.
1: Yeah, the artists that I've got in my mind are starving artists in French lofts with cigarette butts on the window and they have yeah. a bed on the floor, yeah. or they're pompy, very oh. elegantly dressed men and women that walk around either judging other art yeah. or being celebrated as the next best thing that's ever happened to art.
0: Interesting. There's like yeah, never,
1: okay. no middle ground for the accessible artists that people are like, you, oh, yeah, you, I could be you.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're just a normal oh, guy. That's so interesting. That, and I think that kind of ties into, this is a fresh thought, I, haven't, I don't have any fucking um, dog in the game with this thought. But yeah, that's probably one thing that I try and, I try and make myself more relatable to myself. Yeah. I try and make myself accessible. Because then if I can believe in the average guy who can produce amazing things, that gives me a license to produce amazing things. Yeah. I'm that guy. So when, and this is the thing now, I'm you know I'm like 18 months or two years into Black Ink being in you know, this whole rebirth thing. And now I'm starting to find that my mindset is something that is totally different to what it was six months ago to a year ago. And I'm now I'm seeing this gap grow between like what an average person can do and what I'm doing. So because I've like, Created this whole different life. I didn't think it was possible, and I'm trying to get that average feeling back, mm. where it's like there isn't. This is still average. Yeah. This is still very average. You're
1: carrying average with you. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah,
0: yeah. And that's cool. That's what yeah. it's about. Because the fucking worst thing, and I've had this experience twice now, where you meet your heroes. You know, I've, I've met people who are fucking killing it in ecom, and who I thought were artists, they're wankers. They're fucking losers. You're never
1: supposed to meet them.
0: Yeah. No. No. I don't say it for no reason. It sucks, man. And they're not average. Yeah. No, this is the thing, they're trying to act not average, and then you realise at two o'clock in the morning, we're all average, yeah. we're all drinking the same piss that's overpriced, yeah. you know? And it was like, fuck.
1: It's, it's not, they're, they're not average, but they're also not trying to appeal to average. They're creating this optimum branding for themselves yep. that makes them seem like normal people and they've gone beyond that by trying to manufacture that visually. Yeah. Like I said, like if you're thinking about trying to appeal to people as an average guy and being a fuckhead, you're thinking too hard about it. Yeah. You're putting too much effort into projecting instead of too much effort into being.
0: Right. Right. And you're creating, you're actually creating the image of what you perceive to be average. When in reality, like average is morning breath, average is shit ideas, yeah. average is being okay with fucking being in the middle class, yes. earning below what you think you should be earning. Yep. Like that's what average really is. But the crazy thing, I think this meeting my heroes was like them being average, perceiving themselves as being amazing, and then trying to then project average down from what that perception of what being amazing yeah. is. And it's like, what are you...
1: The, the average sectioning themselves.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fucking... It's, and you know what? It's not trustworthy. Yeah like there's no authenticity in it and because of that and i feel like even the audiences they try and generate by the way anyone who knows me knows what i'm talking about right now and i'm just throwing them under the bus <laughs> but for the sake of the conversation they're trying to generate an audience that lives in that same false pretense yeah. like you all you all think you're living this crazy life on jet skis and shit. you all do fly and fly out yeah you know what i mean like what, what
1: realistically we... the quality of your life isn't like somewhat low yeah. 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 Unless you're doing things that are actually fulfilling in your time off, then you're probably, without even addressing it, like relatively um, unhappy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no and
1: one enjoys being away from their life that much.
0: So much that they don't have routine.
1: Yeah, and so much that they need to perform these grand ideas of what they think is going to make them happy outside of that time. Right. And it's like that can make if that makes you happy, sick. But why does it feel so performative? <laughs>
0: Yeah, have you ever done fly and fly out? No. Right.
1: Yep. I've had my parents have both done fly and fly out. My actually all of my parents except for my stepmom has done fly and fly out. Right. Got lots of friends that do it, and I kind of cycl- cyclically see them go through these really introspective moments that they're kind of not fully exploring. I've got a coffee date with a friend that does fly and fly out at the end of the week, that I'm kind of worried about. Right. And it's like just trying to open up whether or not he actually feels okay about that situation, but. It, I've got lots of people moving into it now because it's mm. so accessible. I've got lots of girlfriends that are applying for fly and fly out jobs and getting them. Yeah. And it's just like anything with anyone that's doing a big move in their life, I do like to have a whole is we need to talk about what actually yeah. whether you know whether you're happy or not. Yeah, and in what's a up? Thing. Yeah.
0: What's up? You know? I think it's uh like I did fly and fly out. All my friends have done fly and fly out. And like the two common things of growing up in Bunbury is losing friends to thinking that Melbourne is cooler and losing friends to doing fly and fly out. Yep. That's very common. And you know, like I still have friends, like I, one of my best friends does fly and fly out. And like I've seen him for a total of like three hours in the past six months. We used to ride together every day. Yep. Every day. Fucking breaks my heart. I'm not saying it because I'm angry at him. I'm saying it because I'm sad, mm. you know. And this like...
1: And unless he's really, really happy and you're seeing that he is totally stoked, like I feel like that would ease the hurt. If you, if you saw him when you saw him and he was just like jazzed, not because he was seeing you, just because he's jazzed on life. You'd be yeah. like, oh, well, like I sacrificed my riding buddy, but he's doing sick. Yeah. That would be fine. You'd come to terms with it easier.
0: For as long as I've known him, he's always wanted, always, like he's always wanted a Harley. He's got a Harley logo tattooed on his hand. He's worn a Harley belt buckle for his whole life. He's always wanted a fucking Harley. He got his Harley two weeks ago. And he got the Harley that's he wanted. Sick. He's had all the shit bikes under the sun. I'm not picking on him. He's had all the shit bikes. He had the bikes he could afford yeah. his whole life, and now he's got the bike he wanted. And seeing him that happy is like fuck yeah, that's unreal. Yeah. You know. And like I've said to him, like you know, because guys cut the shit. It's just like cool, man. Buy your car, buy your house, get the fuck out. Yeah. Get the fuck out. That's what we got to do. Have to
1: have an end game. Yeah. And it's a matter of now you've got to watch that friend in six to twelve months. If he's worked this hard to get this bike that he can never ride because he's yeah, always yeah. at work. so like, what was the what was the point? Like, I'd love that for you, but now stop.
0: Yeah, now stop. Come Adjust. home, ride the bike. Do yeah. what you have to do. Then this is a thing like, you know, going back to what we are saying before, you're, you know, all these girls getting these jobs, why are they doing it? For the money? Yeah. Okay, so do we, like, I've got a few questions. Can we live cheaper? You know, do we need to buy a house? Yeah. Really? Really? Do we need a $600,000 house? Do we know this guy we're buying a house with? Yeah. That amount of money that you're talking about... Can we invest the next 12 months into something that generates that money for you, but without having to not be in your bed every night? Yeah. If you can answer all those questions for me and answer them like your life depended on it, because it does, yeah. then then we're having a conversation. But like, I'm so stoked you can go and make 120 grand yeah. a year. I'm fucking over the moon. So can I, you know?
1: And it's the, um, I've got a friend that, one of my closest friends does FIFO. Her roster's just changed its diet one week on, one week off, which is how I feel like I have so few judgments of that lifestyle of flying fly out. Yeah. That's a week and a week. That's balance. Yeah. They're giving you balance in time. Yep. It's the people doing four in one that I worry about. I'm Fuck concerned. yeah. And it's always dads and young blokes. Yeah. Very rarely you see a woman. I mean, you definitely see it, but it's, they're not, they're doing peggy work. They're up there driving trucks. They're doing things that are accessible to them. And there's heaps more women going to do it. And I love to see it. Yeah. And I feel like they have a much more it's more spoken about with a woman how they're feeling and they have people they can talk to about it and Definitely. they can lament with and blokes just don't have that accessibility. Yeah. got a girlfriend that's doing it because her partner is, she's principal breadwinner, which I love for her and she's willing to do that. Yep. And I sort of just have to, it's my self-appointed job. No one's asked me to do this and I'm sure they probably find it quite annoying sometimes just to make sure that there's not, there's not any sort of subliminal growing resentment towards your partner for you having to support them. Yeah. And be away. It's, I want to open up big conversations with everyone I speak to. Because I'm like, I just want to know that you're doing good. Yeah, true. I just need to know so that it, I can not worry about it, that you're doing good. Yep. And if you're not doing good, how do you talk to me about it so that I can let you do the work?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's the question I need to ask you that will make you ask you yeah, sort of thing? Yeah,
1: because people are so much more willing to have uncom- uncomfortable conversations with people than they are with themselves. I feel like it's you can sort of glaringly obviously see a problem in your life and still not want to look at it. Yeah,
0: of course, of course, yeah. it can be blinding and you don't look at it. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, you know, Mum was here uh, this past week and I didn't ride my bike the first three days because I had a bit of a sore shoulder and shit. And then on the fourth day, I rode my bike and like I'm all about doing wheelies. That's my fucking, that's my bread and butter. That's all I'm really doing. Black ink for us. So I have more time to do she wheelies. Is. Right. And I got on my bike and I was like, oh shit, like I've had four days off the bike. And it really, like, it's not that I didn't know how to do what I was doing, but I had to like re get that groove. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you can sit a bit further back. You can go and do this, you can do that. And I think that is applicable to spending time with my partner. And like, when I spend, like, she'll do an overnighter because she's a support worker, she'll do an overnighter. And then the next night I'm like, oh, we got to we have this whole routine we go through that we do, yeah. you know, that one little night of disruption. And I just worry that, like, my friend, so I'm him and I spend two weeks away from her and then I come home. It's like, I have to completely rebuild that relationship. Yeah. You know, it's like, sure, we have all these memories and, and we know each other's smell and we'd have this little thing we do, but it's like our routines are out the window. Essentially, you have your own routine yeah. and they have their own routine. And that's the part that fucking freaks me out. Like if I was to go and make that trade for that money, it's like, well, what's, what am I giving up? Like, does Louis recognize me when I come in the door? What happens?
1: We, um, it's so weird that you have this foregone conclusion when people start doing FIFO there's no talk about how that changes a relationship. Yep. I will talk to girlfriends and their partner will have an extra week off and then they're just like, I'm sick of the side of him. My house is a mess. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Seeing it from both angles, it's like I understand that it's disruptive to your existing schedule while he's not here to do these things mm. and then he's home for a period and then he's gone and that's all fucked up and I get that's frustrating. Expecting them to do, to contribute massively to the household like in their break time, I suppose. It's, it's crazy. like it's the dynamics in relationships. If people could communicate better, everything would be better is yep. my general overarching theory of life. Yeah. My partner often refers to me as an overcommunicator and he's an under communicator, so we yeah, balance, balance it out. Balance each other out. Yep. And I just say everything that I think all the time. Yep. As soon as something becomes a problem, address it so that it can not snowball into this yeah, monster yeah. that doesn't exist. Of course. And it's but when people stop doing FIFO, it's foregone understood that then that relationship if no one's even talking about it and I'm definitely talking about it is going to come to an end yeah <laughs> because you're home all the time now
2: mm-hmm
1: it's going to be incredibly strained the adjustment period is going to be massive and the fact that it's because their home is not going to be spoken about yeah like it's that's a massive adjustment in a relationship huge it like, yeah it's like going from having if you see your partner once every two weeks to then seeing them every single day that's like gaining a whole nother partner
2: yeah that's it like is. a whole
1: nother time commitment that you didn't have before yeah and that takes work
0: just having mum in the same house as me like talking about having a you know it's my mum Yeah, i love her to death but having her in the same house as me uh for the second time for a week long period by the end of the week you kind of like all it's right exhausting all right you know yeah
2: it's exhausting and
0: like even you know you think about it like if you have your best friend or your worst enemy in a house for a week both of them you're happy to see the back of you're yeah. like cool I love you and all go yeah you know
1: it's got setting boundaries like that is so hard because my stepmom loves to visit Yeah, and we she is a massive philosophy head she studies so hard at philosophizing life right we are getting together to solve the world's problems hell yeah it's big chats with her it's never we're never talking about the weather it's, yeah overarching theorem of life she'll be like can we come down for an overnighter and i'm immediately sweating i'm like yeah i need to sleep like three days beforehand three days afterwards i need to be fresh i'm to get my partner out of the house because that level of constant chatter about things that yeah we do i'm not fucking qualified to be speaking about yeah of course it's just so much so it's like god i can't have you come down here i'm gonna come up and see you give you four hours because yeah. i can get that's that much i'm saturated at four hours yeah I know you can do it for longer and I'm sorry, but four hours is what I've got to give you.
0: Yeah, that's, I, I definitely have friends for different reasons that I can tolerate. Like I've got a battery with them mm. and they're like, can I come around and hang out? And like, especially here in my, like, my fucking beat laboratory. Yeah. It's like, no, you can't. Cause I you're gonna make the air too thick. Subconsciously
1: you know? everyone knows that. And people that sort of know it, but aren't willing to recognize it yep. in themselves. are just, they're setting themselves up to be like a bit shit. If like yeah. you know that this friend is going to tire you, and you don't want to see them. If you say yes, I'll hang out with you. They're going to have a bad time. You're going to have a bad time. Yeah. You're going to carry that bad time home or to the next place you go to. You've got less to give to yourself and other people. Just either gear yourself up to do it at a time that you know is going to be perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, life optimization. Know your oven, like your brother. Yeah. You know you the structure of your day.
0: There's something to because you're talking about like a like a. I'd say inclusive thoughts that come from a certain amount of self-awareness over a certain amount of time and like you realize like you have enough shit experiences with one person that you go okay what's going on? Do I not like them? Are they a shit person? Are they negative all the time? Am I only ever meeting for coffee in the afternoon so I'm like deprived of my caffeine fucking fueled morning feeling and I'm trying to get it in the afternoon like what exactly is going on? And that takes obviously like self-awareness having that experiment experiment based mind where you're like well what was your
1: diagnosis and response?
0: right so it, applying that and going like what exactly is going on here and i think like as you get older and you try and and you apply that consciousness to your life and you go okay cool i'm going to see this person once a month yeah it needs to be first thing in the morning and we need to have coffee and i might even need to be a little inebriated to put up with this yeah. person but that experience is brilliant yeah and know? it
1: saves you the it's people will carry on about honesty and setting boundaries which i totally agree with I think there are definitely some people that you know in your life that cannot handle that honesty mm. in a way that is going to be good for you or for them. Yep. You will work yourself up. I last, at the start of this year, I sort of had to cut contact almost completely with a really old friend because it was just so draining, full psychic vampire spec. Right. Rock up, same complaints as yesterday. My entire buzz would be physically drained from my body. They yeah. would take that energy and do nothing with it. Yeah. and then come back the day after and do the same shit and it was just like i can't anymore yeah but i can't <laughs> tell you because i will get so worked up to tell you all the things that i know that i think are going to help you you are going to receive none of it
2: yeah
0: and almost and I, will have was- bad, I will yeah.
1: have wasted it you're going to make me be out to be a villain and then we will go on with our lives so unfortunately i will just do absolutely nothing and i'll just have to
0: It's a fucking. that's heartbreaking yeah or and it's release. really hard especially
1: because mm-hmm. it's like so many years of friendship mm. and I know and I'm like oh we can be mates but you kind of you need to be better not a better person not better at this not better at that just you need to be better to feel better yeah do the things that are going to get you to a point that I actively want to engage with you
0: Sure I think also like I know when I'm having a bad time I get on my bike I go for a ride, I take ten deep breaths. I drink some cold water. Yeah. I've got all these things, and that comes from diagnose and Respond. right. Respond, yeah. So I feel like what you're talking about, I I know. Like I've let go of friendships as well because you're just like, dude, you're a fucking, you're like almost my enemy when yeah. I'm with you, you know. And it's only because you're your own enemy and you're projecting that yeah. onto me.
1: My worst nightmare is to be like perceived by anybody as a bad time. Yeah. Like I don't. If I'm having a problem, it's my responsibility to fix it. Yeah. That, I mean. That can come from all manner of things. My psychiatrist and I have talked about whether or not that's being expected to be totally self-sufficient when you're a child. Mm. Having no space for your emotions in a room. You deal with it yourself. Yeah. I feel like I do it in a relatively healthy way. It's like if I'm not feeling great, I'll do something to make myself feel better or associate with a person that I know is going to make me feel better without me giving them all of my bad. Yeah. So like I'll know that you're a good time. Let's have a phone call. Let's have yeah. a chat energize the space around me so that i can just get on my shit
0: i think like those people that we're talking about separating you know giving a bit of space between it's like the thing that you need them to have is that thought to themselves or like where they just go like what the fuck am i doing yeah what what is going on like yeah. why do i feel bad how do i ever feel good yeah what are the situations when i feel good what are the common catalysts when i feel bad and it's like those aren't even that crazier thoughts. I feel like they're just thoughts that uh, tie into critical thinking, and critical yeah. thinking isn't a valued trait anymore. No. So it's like if you can hold down a job, if you can get a bank loan, if you do all the rest, that's living. Yeah. Critical thinking, fuck that noise.
1: And even then, like thinking even one level deeper, it's like, well, how little do you think of me if you want, if you want to make me feel like that? Yeah, Like true. if you you rock up and I'm given woo woo woo, like you can do it. Yeah, yeah. Let's get buzzed, man. And then it's just. I, I'm deflated. I feel like shit.
0: I'm trying to think of that um, saying. I don't know what it is. It's uh, something love loves friendship. Like sadness loves friendship or um, something. Misery loves company. There you go. Yeah. And it's like such a fucking... That hits the nail on the head.
1: Yeah. I think in the last six or 12 months since sort of distancing myself from that, I got home from a weekend and I was probably fucking exhausted. I'd gone up and I'd seen a friend I hadn't seen in a while and then another friend I hadn't seen in years and it was just really casual catch-ups. On the way home, I just bawled my eyes out. Yeah. I was like, I'm surrounded by such fucking cool people. Yeah. Like it's a real niche nuanced gang of people that you can pick up and let down and there's no drama and there's no sadness and yep. even if there is we're kind of laughing about the dumb unfortunate shit that happens to us and getting on with the good stuff instead. Oh yeah. And it's just nice.
0: I think that's um that's like a really easy thing to overlook but like if you figure out like I really figured out I look at my parents, I look at people my parents age and I'm like, "Oh, you only have friends if you hold on to them really fucking mm-hmm. tight your whole life. Yeah. Because if you make friends when you're fucking 40 or 50, they're good people in Rara. You don't have any fiber together. Yeah. But these people that like, and that's why like this uh, roller disco that we're holding, these team building days, I'm about to start holding a- like Super a, excited about the
1: roller disco.
0: Oh, isn't fucking everyone with half a brain? That's such a cool- We'll come back to that. But that whole community idea is like I'm trying to build as much of a hub for people to have people that they relate to and they like hanging out with. And even if it's only because I create things, we're halfway there. Yeah. You know, it's like all I got to do is get like a hundred people that want to be friends with me and hold on to five of them for the rest of my life. Yeah. And as selfish as it sounds, it's like that's part of being a human, though. Yeah,
1: I've got the sort of a similar but opposite. My close circle, so close. I've surrounded myself with some of the coolest. Like my best friend is a psychologist. Yeah. She is. The most interesting, self-deprecating, poor woman that I just want to heal everything on. Yeah. But she's such a deep thinker and she always wants to have the big chats and our lives have been so similar in a really weird way. And then my biggest circle is massive. Like I look at everything as though it's a networking opportunity. I walk into a room people that I've never met and they are people that are going to be my friend or I'm going to decide that they are going to decide that's not valuable or I'm going to decide that that's not valuable. Yeah, yeah. Like I I feel like being a super open and upfront person, I've got this whole give 110% everywhere you go because if you're giving people 50, 60% and then they get to see the full exposure, it's going to be like you've changed as a person. You're true, instead yeah. Instead of just rocking up and doing it. Yeah. Just, this is, it, put more effort into censoring yourself then you're perceived differently in every interaction. Yeah, yeah. And it's... Not even in a vain business building way. It's like I've, if I sp- walk into a room, have a half an hour conversation with the plumber, in two weeks' time when someone says, oh, I need this done, even if I never see that plumber bloke again, I'll say, oh, so I'll, I'll and give and him such. a call. Yeah. Give him your details. You'll get a call from him. Yeah. I've given him business. He'll think of me eventually if he needs to give me business. Yeah. Or if there's something interesting that he spoke to me about, he's interested in jujitsu. Oh, my partner does jujitsu down at base. You should go and pop in and have a look. Right, like right. Take taking people to the thing that they want to be doing that they aren't doing and trying to highlight to them that they should just be fucking doing it.
0: I think also like you say not to, you know, in a vain business sense, just so happens that being polite really works in business.
1: Being polite works in life. Yeah. Yeah. Just be friendly. Yeah. My whole idea is friendly.
0: Yep. A brand. Friendly. Yeah. This is a thing like uh, I sometimes feel like I kind of alter the conversation as to who I'm talking to who about and what about obviously, but... Like sometimes when I talk about, like say the roller disco, you, you know, you finish the conversation with, and this can be monetized by, yeah. you know, or you finish the conversation like this is a great community event because, yeah, but in reality, it's like, if you make cool shit and if you're passionate about cool shit, don't worry about money, don't worry about community because those things are just going to come as a byproduct yeah. anyway, you know? Yeah. So it's yeah. But that, that roller disco, oh my God, oh my God. Now it's starting to come to a point where like, I've got enough people on board and I've got the right people saying yes that A, it's going to happen, and B, it's probably going to happen, like, in January, which is not that far away.
1: Yeah, and at a perfect time of year. That's awesome. It'll be like an evening thing.
0: Yeah, so 5 till 9, 28th of January at the South Car Park between the Motor Museum and the Art that Gallery. Oh, and it's, like, I'm going to, I've am gonna i been given the whole car park, so I'm putting, like, a 10-foot fence around the whole thing with um, banners around it. They're going to have lighting towers, free entry, free hire skates, so if you don't have your skates, you can skate for free. But the whole thing is it's a community event with skating yeah. in the middle of it. So I got food, uh, food trucks, and all the rest. Um, maybe some like, you know, market merchants. I'm not quite sure um, if I can make it happen. I will obviously, but it's like finding those people and advertising it to them. But as far as like, like I can just see this picture in my head, standing at the back, like watching, watching the sun go down over the west, and like people skating yeah. and like the sounds of, you know, screaming and laughing and kids, yeah. and that's fucking nuts. Is the
1: rink helping out with that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the
0: rink. Um, The rink is, the same person who owns the rink owns Morley Rolladrome, I believe. It's a couple. And, um, yeah, I spoke to him the other day. So I know Sue Brooks really well because she's owned the rink forever and I grew up in the rink. And um, her partner, Ozzy, I got hold of him the other day. I said, look, I need someone to do, like, rental skates and this and that. He goes, I'll handle the whole skating. I'll do floor marshals. I'll do music. I'll do Mm -hmm. sound. I'll do skate high, the whole lot, and I'll do it uh, for free.
1: It's like, fuck. It's such a good opportunity for them, though. Like, yeah. My friend and I have been wanting to go to the ring for... I mean, we've gone once or twice. But it's just... There's so much potential there... Yeah. That is so not being capitalised on. Yep. I feel like this is a good kickstart, jump-off spot to be like... Everyone get excited about this, because if you're not... If they don't have the customer base, small business like that is hard to sort of... 100%. Propel forward. Yep. With no interest.
0: I think also skating is one of those things that you kind of need to... I don't know, a certain person will leave the house to go skating. Yeah. you know. And I'm not talking about a person like me who skates. I'm talking about someone who has no exposure to it. They'll go like, oh yeah, we'll go down to the rink and have a skate and try it out. The average person will skate if skating is in front of them.
1: Yeah, if it's an opportunity that seems accessible and exciting without with minimal effort.
0: Right, right. So my whole job is, how do I make that? Yeah. Minimal effort, so obviously making it free, making it in the middle of the town, making it at the end of Fringe Festival, making it like at a place where you want to be at the time you want to be at and offering the best possible service and the most amount of value. It's like, and and also like the biggest part of all this is making it essentially, I, I want to say sexy, that's not the word, making it like attractive.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's appealing. Like the branding, <laughs> yeah.
0: you know? And that's what is the most important thing of all this. That's what I'm spending the most amount of money on out of insurance and, and all the vendors and all the like hardware, all the equipment. I'm spending almost double that on the marketing mm-hmm. and it's fucking crazy but if you make something that looks cool it's like oh now i do want to be there
2: yeah.
1: yeah could you see yourself ever going into consulting or anything because that's that's the vibe that's the- yeah
0: i know i know this is a thing like what's black ink
1: whatever you want it to be i don't
0: have a fucking clue all i know is the more i do it the wider the scope gets yeah and then like i had a little bit to do with the local um like bar and i don't know what you call them you know the uh, brooklyn i had a bit to do oh, with yeah. them I was hosting events for them. I was doing bits and pieces. I was like, oh, I kind of vibe with creating these, uh, you know, environments, I guess, these like scenes where there's like people come for a and I was very hands on with that. And the thing that I'm doing with this event is I'm very hands off. Yeah. I'm delegating. I'm like the coordinator rather than being. So all I wanted was like kind of put out spot fires on the night. I don't want to have any particular job. Now that seems really fun. Yeah. Because now it's just phone calls. And I can make things happen. And it's not that it's a lack of like physical energy on my behalf, it's like now I can really streamline these great ideas into actions that will do something.
1: And logistics management is not a thing everyone can do or is interested in doing. Very true.
2: Yeah.
0: Very true. And on top of all this, like it's funny how like you look at your strengths as an adult and you're like, where did all this come from? And you go, oh, a bit of this job and a bit of that experience and a bit of, you know, X, Y, and Z. My dad was a transport manager. for my For the first ten years of living, we went, we moved all over the northwest, opening and revamping transport yards. Yeah. So it's like organizing a hundred things at once, and just doing it all from your mobile phone, standing in the office, is what I grew up with. Yeah. And now I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, I was fucking born to do this. Yeah. I was born
2: to do this. Yeah.
1: It's um, one of those whatever satisfaction you derive from it is the satisfaction you get from it. Yeah. Any logistics, I've thought about being a wedding planner for so long. Still might do it. There's yeah. nothing in my brain that I can think of and go, no, I won't. Nah, I've put that idea in the bin. Yeah. Like I guess maybe one day I will. Yeah, It's logistically helping. For me, it's watching the satisfaction of people that have been able to do this cool thing yeah. with the help from above. Like the, will you be here, here, I recommend this person for this job yeah. and getting to watch that person fulfill that job for themselves and for a and getting cohesive project purpose just, out of yeah. it as well
0: yeah yeah it's and like that's like the i think that might be like the second wave to it you know the first wave is like okay you can do it mm. now the second wave is and i think this is like uh i might be wrong on my person here but like steve Jobs sort of thing where it's like no it's an elon musk thing it's like just getting the right person for the for the right job and if, if there's money involved pay them all the money in the world yep and just make sure that fit is right because if that fit is right it's like me having the conversation with with Aussie, the skating guy, and he goes, "I'm going to handle the skating side of things," and you go, "Fucking cool, mm. cool." Because not only does he want to do it, he gets the bigger picture. Yeah. He goes, "I'll do this for free because it's a marketing campaign." No shit, it's a marketing campaign. The whole thing's a marketing campaign for Black Ink. Yeah. Black Ink presents Roller Jam, you know. And again, I'm not trying to look to monetize this, yeah. but I am in business. Yeah. You know, so it's and like it's
1: how you make it attractive for other people to participate. That's right. Yeah, it's that's about, exactly right. There's this whole idea about in our in your major role here manufacturing and in my role in the kitchen we're knowing our audience but in a logistical sense like if you're putting on an event it's about knowing your audience and your performer like you are standing in the middle looking at the people that you're trying to appeal to and picking the people that you want to be able to be that appealing thing
0: yeah to deliver it yeah 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 that's yeah that's really interesting that's interesting this is the first time i've gone a total community vibe and like one thing that I've always aimed towards is like niching my audience. It's like getting the, the people who are interested in tattoos and motorbikes and breaking the law. And now it's like I'm focusing on families and yeah. food vans and which is cool, you know, like. And this is the thing. I'm not changing direction. I'm broadening the scope, you know. It's like yeah. here's the new challenge. Try get a thousand people from Bunbury. Yeah. You know, before we were trying to get a hundred people from Bunbury with this really specific thing that they like.
2: Yeah.
0: Now we're just like, oh, do you have a family and you like having fun on a Saturday night? i got something for
1: ya. yeah and you if you open it up that wide there are internal groups within that thing that people have wanted to do but it has felt gatekept yeah like it's blokes that are kind of a bit daggy and a bit meh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah either used to be rule breakers and crim bosses yeah, just yeah now like oh wouldn't it be fun to hang out with those guys again fucking like oath yeah i it's- want to be fun again but i'm too old and People don't like me and my New Balance sneakers.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like I've, I've become so much about my... And this isn't a bad thing. I've become so much about my kid's life. I don't know how to have my life anymore. Or, or yeah. I've become so much about... I mean, think the reality is is like providing a, a, a life for my family that I don't have a life anymore, yeah. you
1: know? Oh, and Parenting culture itself is just one of the most tedious, toxic things I've seen in my entire life. It's
0: crazy. It's just a competition to see whose kid is wearing fucking Nikes or yeah. something.
1: And it's not... It's I think awareness of our parents' generation is pretty low... Across the board, in terms of recognizing that they're perpetuating it as well. Yeah. Like, I've got girlfriends that'll go, Oh, well, I went and did this, and my mum's like, Yeah, I wish I could have done that. It's like, Well, I'm sure if you did that, you would have been less of a mole. Yeah. Probably like a hell chill mum. So, yeah. Climb yeah. up to me, mate. That's Getting that. those parents out and doing fun shit with their kids. Yeah. Or without them, talking to other people.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think also, and this all comes back to accessibility as well. It's like, if you make something like this, I believe that. Like, the people who are sitting on the fence, it's like that nudge to like, it's in town, it's for families, this is something that you can do. Yeah. And they fucking, then you get the kids that are like, oh yeah, I want to go for a skate. Yeah, It's like, oh, why don't you put your skates on as well, mum? Go on, give There's it a shot.
1: So many people rely on situations to make connections instead of just willfully going and making them. Yeah. If you're in a big group of people. You're not just hanging out with your next door neighbour that you sit with and drink beers with six nights a week. Yeah, You're not just hanging out with the same girls you went to high school with that are probably horrible and you just don't have the exposure to know who yeah they are or like people that you've been situationally paired with and just held on to that for convenience yeah if you're going to a place where there are more people you're likely to have more interactions you know especially in such a tactile thing like skating like it's not like we're all going around to stand in our groups and be weird it's like no we're all oh, yeah, and, yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah and there's no a, guarantee that you're gonna even skate next to the same person twice
1: you're offered the opportunity to help people that look like they're struggling you're offered the opportunity to ask for help if you need it yeah and if that the environment's encouraged then you're making connections whether or not they're lasting friendships or not it's helping like you're stimulating your brain to know that
0: having a human experience This
1: feels good to talk to people yeah i should probably do this more
0: also it's um it's permission to not be good at something yeah because most people aren't good at skating most people look at me and they're like, "Oh, I can skate." Then they put them on. And they're like, oh, I can't skate people, at all. People,
1: myself included, hate being bad at things. Yeah,
0: dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking, it's horrific when you, especially when you think you're gonna be good at it. Oh yeah. And you're like, I can't do this at all. Like You've I'm done at all the start. The reading. Yeah, yep, yep. You know, oh no, no, no. I had a fucking good thought. that's evaded me now. Nah, it's long gone. It's oh, a
1: strong conveyor belt of thought. Pushes the good ideas out. Yeah.
0: like really so before I said two things and like, as soon as I said that, I was like, I've only got one thing now because the other thing's fucking completely gone. <laughs> but yeah, super exciting, super exciting. Uh, as far as like, this is something like, I think about 10 year old me looking at 30 year old me just clapping and going like, yeah, this yeah, is
2: awesome.
1: Idea. Yeah. And there's still, like, I've got friends that have wanted to do skating, but are actively they have a big barrier in front of them in terms of, well, I need someone to go with me that yeah. I know and I need the, su- the support. And those security blankets are dope if you need them and can recognize that you need them. Yep. But it's nice to have it be even more open in terms of... This, There's going to be heaps of people here that don't have those things. So yeah. you can use them as your security blanket.
0: And also, you know what that security blanket is from the organizer point of view? It's a community event. Yeah. It's not a skating event. Just come and get some food and be around it because then when you're around it, you'll participate.
1: Is the city you know? getting on board?
0: The city told me to do it. Oh, sick! They came to me, and that's how we know it's going to happen. Yeah. Because I'm not going to them with an idea. They came to me, and it's like I'm I'm not bragging about it. It's like I'm excited. Yeah. That I literally got sat down by someone from the city, and they're like, "Hey, you do cool shit. Do some cool shit with our money."
1: They usually a a wall. Yeah. And it's awesome to have that then be a ladder.
0: One hundred percent, and that's uh, it's funny. I got told by another another young local go getter that if you go to them with an idea it's like pushing shit uphill. yeah If they come to you with an idea,
1: totally different
0: story. Yeah, totally different. And even like with that said, like that same person came to my pop-up event at julie's on Friday night and spent 150 bucks. Yeah. It's like, "Oh, we're in, we're in," you know? Don't even I don't like saying it too loud cuz I don't want to rock the boat, yeah. you know? Um
1: but I mean, knowing that you're on board means that It's going to be a dope event, which is hopefully going to then prompt the city to have more of a bit of a relaxed vibe about having community things happen on their watch. Yeah, hundred percent.
0: I think one thing as well, like it was kind of a beautiful, um, it was like a beautiful correlation of events. it all started like that particular person started following Black Ink when it really started happening like twelve months ago. When I started to get a grip of like what effective media was, the best way and like the thing is, I've been spending an hour engaging with my feed and posting something every day, those two things together for two years. And now, now I'm starting, and like that engagement, that's real work. That's- it is,
1: it's, I struggle so much with it. Like it's, I have to talk myself into it and then go, well, I have to now take an hour off the thing that creates a physical body of work yeah. that I can see yeah. to do something that is totally immeasurable in 24 hours. Yeah. I have to wait for it to expand. Yeah. And it's just so hard to set that as a priority, knowing that it is- It's the most important thing. And then making time for it. It's the hardest work mm. of my- Job.
0: i hate it but i've got so good at it that yeah. i enjoy it and that has now kind of propagated into this them experiencing me mm-hmm. doing this over and over seeing these little events that i did with brooklyn seeing these little things that i do for black ink and they're like hey you've got this skating thing going on you seem to have some sort of like fingerprint into the community yeah what can we do with that
1: it's and the, super admirable It's but you're doing an absolute
0: this is exciting yeah, it's jobs. exciting I'm now in a position where it's like if you could do anything you want to do what do you want to do and I'm now getting to do those things Yeah. you know like last weekend was a crazy example I'm going to take the fucking moment for a second last weekend I went and did a photo shoot um, with a bunch of for that jersey I showed you just before so it's like a collab jersey with another streetwear brand up in Perth very similar audience Harleys, Wheelies rah 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 uh, so I went up there and he's got like a slam 63 caddy on airbag. So it sits on the ground and there was three Harleys doing burnouts and wheelies and shit there and I had a couple of girls in the, in all the kit and a couple of boys on like super motor bikes doing tricks. And I was like, Hey guys, I want to, I want to get some content, but I want to do it on my rollerblades. And everyone's like, Oh, like, yeah, dude, do whatever you want. You know, like, that's cool. And it took fucking five minutes of recording and then showing them what i get and they're like oh my god like how are you getting this and i'm like i know i know this is like this i think this is one of my like things that i don't really realize is a mad skill set but putting the two together recording the content that i know how to build on the back end i know how to make a good reel now it's like, get content that is unbelievable. Mm. Some, like a creator looks at it and go, how did he get that shot without a drone?
1: You're a drone and a gimbal at the same time. That's right.
0: <laughs> That's right. That shot coming down the main street and going into droolies. The amount of people that are just like, how the fuck did you do that?
1: Rollerblades,
0: baby. Rollerblades. And now it's like having this thing where I go like, I've always been fascinated in photos and video. I've always been able to skate 10 times better than I can walk. And now it's like, oh, let's put it together. Yeah. And you know, my body is like primed to like I'm the strongest I've ever been, I'm the best at skating I've ever been, and I have a fucking brand that relies on media being captured. Yeah. Oh, we're in heaven.
1: Trying new things. It's You've got obviously got a creative brain, whether it's creative in business, creative in act, active application of creative artistics. Right. It's taking things that you know how to do and other things and putting them together and seeing what fucking happens. Yeah. It could have been shit, but yeah. you did it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and also, like, okay, it's, it was shit. Why was it shit? Hey, hey, everything's good. The dog's outside. I know. You're a good girl. But, like, why is it shit? Yeah. Can we can we do a better version of that, you know? Or if it was really good, how do we make it even better?
1: Is it a poor match? It's flavors. Mm. Is, this yeah. a fla- is this a flavor or nightmare or is it just do I need to adjust?
0: Yeah, yeah. Perfect fucking, uh, what do you call it? Anology. Cross-reference, yeah. Um, What I was going to say before is that uh, thing of the sitting down at the, you know, fence post every night, six nights a week drinking with your neighbor, I don't think people realize if you use that as an analogy, like that bloke watches the news and you don't, right? And he tells you some shit that he saw in the news, like, oh, I see the Russians are XYZ, right? And then you go, oh, really? You don't really take it on board, but then you go and have a conversation with your mate tomorrow and you're like, yeah, well, apparently... You know the Russians are doing this and rah rah rah, and then that person goes away thinking that you're half informed because you're talking about it, but in actual fact you got it second hand from yeah. a from a media source that's lying to you anyway.
1: Yeah, if you're being delivered that if you're not watching the news, chances are because the news doesn't appeal to you because of the way it's being sold to you by big media. Right. a like, Fuck Ed, Murdoch. That's a right. totally different issue. For a, a whole other totally podcast. Yeah. It's um that those. Sort of enforced and reinforced friendships that r- friendships acquaintances. If you're a neighbours with someone that you've been neighbours with forty years and you talk yeah. to them every day, you're not. You probably don't align with them anymore. Yeah. I mean, if people are growing and changing, and respecting the fact that you've outgrown someone is nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. But maintaining that friendship out of exhaustion, which is changing your optics. If you're saying shit that you don't believe because you've heard it from someone that doesn't that actively believes and likes to put a bit of spin yeah. on shit. It changes the way you're perceived. Like, I yeah, 100%. I like the idea of people having. I think a lot about perception. Don't worry too much about it, but I do think about it a lot. Yeah, and it's just if you everything's marketing. Yeah, yeah, everything's marketing. Think about how you think about what you're saying and doing, and what you're being influenced by. And if you're actively being influenced by, then sick. But if it's something that you think that you want people to think that you're being influenced by, like, oh, it'd be good to know about Russia yeah so I'll just yeah. take that piece of information it's like well it'd be good to know about russia to learn about russia and know also
0: russia. like if that's what you're going to talk about wouldn't you want to be well versed in it yeah like wouldn't you want to be the motherfucker about it yeah like i hate nothing more like and i've got to be careful i've got literally let's say 150 200 hours of me saying things yeah. on the internet crystallized forever yeah please be right yeah please be right don't don't talk about shit you don't know and furthermore like Now I'm in a position where like, it can come to bite me on the ass. I don't wanna go and have a private conversation with my neighbor about some shit that I don't know. They talk to person, 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 person. This person thinks that black inks a dicker because he's talking about things he doesn't know anything about. And it's like, I just, I think the bigger picture here is people don't realize that A, they are like the boundaries they set by the conversations they have, by the non exposure to people that maybe they should be exposed to or they should be putting themselves in front of, creates like, that creates a universe.
1: The misinformed are also the first people to try and tell you that their opinions fact. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's,
1: um, like this, all this theoretical thinking, feeling stuff, I'm totally fine with. But I've got a very like a systematic fear of being wrong. Yeah. Something happened to me when I was a kid, and my stepdad was a bastard. Like I, he found something that I couldn't find. Right. He called me a liar about it. Yeah. So I'm at the point now where I'll do so much back work to know that the thing that I'm saying is either going to work because of statistics that I know yep. or measurements that I've done or things that I have researched into so deeply so that nobody in a room can turn around and tell me that I'm wrong if I'm saying a fact.
0: Right, right.
1: I'll talk about how I feel about things, but unless I know exactly why and the the, the things that I know why are 100% true, yep. it stays that feeling.
0: Yeah it's, yeah, it's fucking weird. That...
1: I'll receive new information, but I will not die on a hill unless that hill is.
0: Oh yeah, your hill. Issues. Yeah, yeah, your hill. Yeah, that's interesting. I. It's funny. Someone I might have read an article, or someone said it. Like you listen to people, um, how they speak, and there's like three ways to start a start a sentence. I think, I feel, and. I think I feel, and I'm, I want to say the last one's like I know or something. Yeah. And it's like you can really judge a person's level of consciousness as to how that which one they're using, mm. and the I feel. Is where you want to be because yeah. it's like i don't know but i'm pretty sure
1: and i feel now can change to i feel at any moment in the yeah. day
0: you know i had this um i had this really close friend for a while we're definitely not friends now but he used to do this thing with his missus where he would uh say like I, i'm not structuring this very well but we'll work backwards once i say it so he'd say like i love you right now i love you right now and i don't know about tomorrow and i don't know about the day after but right now i do And he used this as justification to do things that were um, un... What do you call it? Like faithful, right? Because in that moment, he wasn't in love with that person. He was in love with the idea of doing this with this person. And I always used to think like, I know what you're saying and I know what you're feeling, but that doesn't fucking add up, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's something where like, sometimes you have to not trust your feelings. Sometimes you have to trust the greater good of the situation that you're in. And even in that moment play fucking uh what do you what do you do i uh, give uh benefit of the doubt Then in the long run this is a fucking terrible idea
1: yeah
0: how yeah.
1: it sounds like he was doing the footwork before he was pre-validating choices that were intrinsically selfish like if you're saying i love you now and he thinks he's trying to set up a situation where he can turn that on and off like a switch yeah then he knows that he's going to do those things yeah he yeah, doesn't yeah. want to compromise that for his relationship but yeah true I will always say, like, nothing's forever, some shit is, but you cannot say, stand in front of me and tell me that this thing is going to be forever and yeah. know that as a fact. Yeah. You want it to be? Sick. Hopefully it is. You feel that it will be? Yeah. Awesome. But you can't tell me you know it's going to be. I love my partner, I love him tomorrow, I assume, I love him forever, Yeah. I feel, I will, I would yeah. like to. But natures of relationships change all the time. Right. And feeling like love, especially. Love, hate, feelings, jealousy, anger. Yep. The nature of them changes. I don't think you can just switch them on and off. That's based on some kind of fallacy of yeah. I want to do bad things. Or I'm preparing myself for you to have to forgive me because this is the nature of the relationship that you've agreed to.
0: Yeah. I think also yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's very much like I understand what you're saying, like the the pretext of this relationship is I'm out of control. Yeah. So don't don't judge me. You knew me. that. Yeah yeah yeah. So don't, don't tell me that you yeah. didn't know. I think that um like and like Riz and I have had this conversation a million times, like Let's keep doing this until the day you wake up and you're like, and you I'm not about do it this. It anymore Yeah. And it's like that's it's gonna be a shit day if it if it ever comes and I hope it doesn't. Yeah. But like I also fucking hate the idea of you staying around just because it's been happening for exactly. a while. Exactly. And you know? it's
1: the idea of you not wanting to be here. Yeah. It's just that's shit. Yeah. My partner is a very dry we are chalk and cheese, totally opposite individuals. Right. He um doesn't do shit he doesn't want to do. Flat out doesn't do it, will yeah. not participate in shit. And when we first started dating it was kind of like, uh oh, we're dating casually, so it's fine, he doesn't have to do shit he doesn't want to do. And then for a little while it was kind of frustrating, like I'd have a family wedding or something and he's like, well, I just don't want to go. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I know that if you go to just because I've asked you, you will have a shit time. Yeah. I don't want that for you. Yeah. So don't come. And explaining that to people is just like, oh, well, isn't that frustrating? Like I've got a lot of girlfriends that'll be like, oh, well, why doesn't Garth come to anything? I'm like, well, he'll come when he wants to. Yeah. But why would I force him to stay here? Because then that applies to the whole relationship. If I'm mm. saying, come to this wedding and pretend you're having a good time, it's like, well, I wake up on a Wednesday morning. Are you pretending to want to be in this room with me? Are Interesting, Are you pretending? Yeah. Like, it's at least I know if you don't want to come to a wedding and you don't go, yep. if you don't want to be here anymore, you fucking won't be. Yeah. And I won't be doing that really horrible thing that you see so many people do in relationships. Like, oh, do they really want to be here? Are they just waiting for me to do something about leaving?
0: Yeah, I think like on the flip side of this conversation as well is like I'm working to be a super valuable dude. Like I want to be valuable today, more valuable tomorrow, more valuable the day after. And like I know that that's attractive. Yeah. I know that Riz will fall in love with me over and over and over again if I keep doing that. Yep. And I think that when you have that mentality and you can be honest with like, you know what? I fucking hate doing... Your family dinners. I don't. I, I'm just saying, you know, if that's the thing, I fucking hate when your family yeah. dinners. It's like, sweet. Because you're a motherfucker in every other aspect. So sweet, don't come. Yeah. You know?
1: It's And everything's about compromise. It's annoying to have to... It, friendships. Parent-child relationships. Yeah. Every relationship you have is about a compromise that you are willing to give. But people just... They expect so much from a romantic partner that it's really frustrating to see. Yeah. Like you'll see, they expect... It's so unrealistic this, I did a lot of reading into um, consensual non monogamous relationships a couple of years ago and I've right. got a lot of friends that are in them. Yeah. And it's their understanding that expecting every single thing from one person is the most unrealistic shit yeah. in the whole world. I've got so many ports of my needs being met in different places that I just get to have a holy round experience without loading people with things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's you get validation from points that you need it from. You have like casual enjoyment with other people that you like to have. Just Gus doesn't drink yeah. really, so I like to go and get pissed with my mates.
2: Yeah,
1: <clears throat> talk exhaustively about theoretics and get real deep in feelings with people. Yeah. which he is not actively enjoying doing because he's not a talker. Yeah, he's just a cool dude with some interesting ideas, and we love each other's company, and it's easy. Yeah, You're a relationship. You can go through hard shit in a relationship, but if your relationship is hard
0: It's a totally different then that's thing. that's wrong. Yeah. That, yeah that's yeah. not good. It's weird though, like I've definitely been in at least one relationship that comes to mind where like I didn't enjoy any of it. Yeah. I wasn't having fun. And, like, when I look, think about the reasons I was doing it then, I was like, if I say them out loud now, I'm like, that's not a reason to do fucking anything. You well, know? And you, you not hearing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I look back at that and I think, okay, that's what that looks like from the inside. What does it kind of look like from the outside? And then you see other people doing it. It's like, you know, every time I'm with this couple, you ever notice that they fucking bicker at each other and they're mm. always, like, taking shots and all that? Like, seems like they're hanging out with their enemy. Yeah. Not with their friend. And they keep doing it because that's the comfort that they know that that's like that's the that's what a day looks like yeah so now they've built that atmosphere so many times they're like i'm now putting bricks around it like i said before so i'm going to protect this and it's like wouldn't you rather be unhappy for the next six months figuring it out than being kind of just a little bit less
1: unhappy for the rest of your life yeah and it's one of those people treat the end of a relationship like such a finite thing like well oh well if i say this then we might split up and it's like well if you say something that you think needs to be said and that's going to lead to the end of your relationship, how strong and worthwhile was it? Yeah, yeah, If you tell your partner, listen, we need some time apart to go and sort our shit out and they decide they don't want to get back in a relationship with you and you've changed your mind and decide that you love them heaps, why would you want to be in a relationship with someone that's decided they don't want to? Yeah. Or why is their fear of your separation period more in? more valuable than your desire to have that yeah okay like if you say oh can we just spend a week I'll go stay at my mom's house this is by no means use your honesty this is not the end of our relationship if I wanted to I'd just do it because it'd be easier than this because that's super hard to do that
2: yeah
1: no shouldn't be an answer it shouldn't be no yeah it's I'm not comfortable with that because of this reason if we do that can we set some brown rules it's super hard for people to separate themselves and their emotions that way. And I mean, I'm guilty of it as well. It's like, if you do that in a thought that I apparently constantly am doing, yeah. it's like, well, what's the, what are you gaining from, if you're losing them because they're not capable of that yeah, complexity and movability, yeah, then yeah, what yeah. are you losing? What are you actually losing?
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's the same conversation. It's not, it's totally different. I was going to say, it's customers who buy things on sale. They're not the customers you want to retain. You want the customers to pay full price, you, yeah,
1: know? It's, you want. Yeah, you've been waiting for my shit to go on sale. Whether yeah. that's for an economic reason, whatever, chill. Yeah. But, like, don't tell me that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I don't want
1: to hear that now that my thing that I've set at a value is now within your value limit. Yeah. You perceive me to be valuable to this dollar. Yeah. It's the same in relationships. If you perceive me as valuable in your house, where you can keep an eye on me and make sure that I can see that you're sad... Because I've told you that I'm unhappy about something instead of letting me go away and decide whether or not I miss you or I do actually care about your feelings because I like you. Mm. Or if I care about your feelings because they are actively shitting me off in my house in a way that's making me feel emotional.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, this all goes back to like when you go into a relationship and I think like you kind of touched on it before, these expectations of what exactly you're going to get out of a romantic partner like asking yourself like where was that set obviously a lot of it is how my parents acted it's it's movies that i grew up on it's things that i saw working in other people's relationships and not not working in these relationships and obviously going through high school and having weird connections with people that were either romantic or non-romantic people and then- that
1: you were put in a school of 600 kids in that you had no choice over who yeah, you had yeah, to yeah. fucking hang out with,
0: and all of a sudden, like I remember being in like you know year eight, year nine, year ten, and like you know in all the movies everyone had a crush or everyone had someone they're interested in. I'm like these guys are fucking weird. Like I don't have anyone that I'm fucking with here, you know. But then you would you would forcibly find someone attractive, and then you had this weird thing. Like I remember it was all in the skating community for me. Like I had three or four like girlfriends. I look back at them now, there was nothing romantic. I mean, most of them didn't hold hands, hmm. you know. But I had these girlfriends, it was like. Because that's the pick that you've got. So you pick someone in that. Yeah. You know. You're
1: picking from the available selection. Right. Mm.
0: And that was creating the framework for what my relationships were going to be in my early twenties, which were fucked. You know. And like, I like I don't know what switch kind of flicked um, between everyone and Larissa, but like since since like I've been like Larissa and I've been together four years or over four years now, and uh, there's like like we just. There's just no energy for jealousy. There's no yeah. energy for like um, any sort of like insecurity. You know, it's like, I'm just, I think it's because I'm so about my shit and she's so about her shit and we're so sure about our shit.
2: Yeah.
0: That it's just like, oh, that's a conversation that we have, sure, but it's not at all important. Yeah. But before that, it's like, I feel like I had jealousy as a part of my relationships as a necessity. Yeah. You know, you. it's not that I didn't organically feel it, but I felt you had to feel it to yeah. show you were in love.
1: And that's a trope that i think i face a thousand times a day with everyone i talk to yeah. is having an issue with that in their relationship or it's other stupid resentful non-communicative shit yeah and it's like trying to explain to people that jealousy is a feeling like anger like yeah. oh well he just did this because he was jealous like did he smash glass because he was mad did he cry because he was upset by something like yeah. how what extreme emotions are we forgiving with jealousy, none. Yeah. It's just jealousy. It's like, oh, well, he's a jealous person. Sounds like that needs to be worked through. Yeah. Like, sad people are out here crying on the street all the time. No. Mm. Process the emotion. Figure out where it's coming from. Try and turn it into something positive.
0: It's crazy that like people see negative things happening in their partner's life and don't see it. Oh, that's going to be caught on mic. Was like a big burp coming up. <laughs> Um, Don't see it as, and I think this ties into my why I'm good at business. Like everything is a everything that is a challenge is an opportunity. Yeah. So like if you're going through something, it's like we're going through something now. Mm. What can we take from this? You know, how can we build on this? How can we diagnose and respond? Respond.
1: Or it's a I'm going through something. I'm willing to isolate that if I have you to help do. Overarch that with the things that I would usually be doing for myself. Yeah. Like I will isolate the problem to myself. Fine, I'll process that, but it means that I'm going to be able to give you less, give us less. Yeah. So I'm going to need you to be okay with that. It's yeah. like a compromising effort again. It's no one's 100% all the time. You can't get 100% of your shit from people. Yeah. It's we have no jealousy. Jealousy doesn't occur to us. Yeah. has happened once or twice and then we've addressed it and understood and diagnosed where it came from, yep. responded. Um, he's fucking handsome dude and i dress like a clown like people are looking at us for two totally different reasons and neither of us really give a shit yeah he holds very high value in people just getting on with their shit he's got no time for jealousy yeah i've never really been a jealous person jealous of people's clothes maybe
0: yeah yeah i get jealous of
1: people's comfort
0: jealous of people's fucking harleys and that's about it hey yeah
1: and it's just jealous of some people's opportunities but that's about it like people yeah. it's not I've never been jealous in a romantic sense, except for a couple of isolated incidents.
0: It's super weird. Like I, I like look at times I was jealous and I look at the things that I was jealous about and I find them like, I don't even relate to the guy that was doing, that was experiencing all that. Yeah. It's like, I don't know whether I was taking the piss back then for the sake of like, I don't know. I'm like This is something that I've thought, but I've never said out loud. I think when I was younger, I was trying to feel emotions that weren't there. Like, I was yeah. really.
1: You can say that about anyone, I reckon. Yeah. It's the, this whole idea that I've developed very recently, talking to my stepmom who solves the world's problem. The idea of like feeling a feeling and performing a feeling. Right. Like, the difference between whether or not you can draw a line or if you're actively trying to do it. Like, you'll see people performing all kinds of feelings that don't feel genuine yep. to you, maybe not to everybody else, but you can see and recognize that you've definitely engaged in that behavior.
0: Yeah. I think also, like, our generation was really, like, you know, you grew up with, you grew up with, like, Pixar mo- or, you know, cartoon movies that, like, were very, you know, bad thing happens, we resolve it narrative. Yeah. Um, and then you grew up with, like, you know, Home and Away turns into, like, the stuff that was on 8.30 to, to 9.00, 9.30, that sort of stuff, which is very much like these episodes of, like, uh, conflict High resolution. Drama. High drama, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're living an average life. Yeah. You're like, Where's my drama? I want to solve this. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't until I was around someone who was ten times what I was, and it was actually an adult role model figure. And every time we spoke to them, they always had drama in their life. And it's like, but you're a mechanic. Yeah. And nothing is going wrong. You know.
1: Why are we leading with? The, and I was just totally anecdotally under remembering something I heard the other day about how drama is like genetic. Yeah. So if you've got dramatic parents. Whether it's genetic or behaviour based, it's like: is your environment dramatic? Do you live for that? Yeah. What are you doing about it? Yeah. It's um, I'm not about the drama, but you see, people are on like this fast paced, gang gang lifestyle. Even if it's domestically, yeah. We've been dating since we were 16. Let's get engaged, buy a house, have a kid, get married. Yeah. Now.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What?
1: Now what? And I've seen it happen to basically everyone that I've watched get married in the last 12 months, except maybe two or three couples. Like, I don't know what you expected to change. Yeah. You should have, this should be dope. If you really wanted to do this, it should be, you should just be like, chill. That was cool. We're married now. Let's keep kicking our goals that we've been kicking since before. Yeah. It's like they're waiting to get married to do this thing. It's like, why weren't you doing the thing? Yeah. Already. Like, you should just be fucking chilled and stoked on life.
0: You know, I, uh, I like did a whole heap of state championships before I was allowed to go to nationals because we didn't have the money to go to nationals. And then one year it was in Perth. This is for speed skating. And in my first race, I went out and I fucking killed him. Like, I, I beat him by like half a lap. It was a 10K race. It was nuts. So my first ever Nationals race, I was a national champion. Best in Australia. What do you do? <laughs> and I stood up on the podium. I'm like, oh, this is it.
1: Oh, peaked, Awesome.
0: <laughs> I'm like two and a half foot higher off the ground on this podium and I got this medal. And now you just got to fucking keep winning, you know? Yep. And then when you keep winning, you become the most winningest guy. And it's like, okay. You retire. <laughs> what, 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 what's next? And you know what the problem is? People don't have those things in their childhood mm-hmm. and then they become adults and they watch movies where people get married, they live happily ever after and they think that's the podium.
1: I know, and we're so overstimulated to, like with media, to think that that's how it should go. Yeah. There's so few narratives. Like, there's a statistic on at the moment that there's like two, two in every five women don't want kids. Yeah. And they still feel like the dramatic minority. Like when you're interacting with people in social situations if you're the the freak that doesn't want kids yeah and i'm like where are all these ladies hiding <laughs> where yeah, are they all yeah. hanging out together the two out of every five yeah, yeah so yeah. that they're not out here in normal society not idolizing this idea of like if you want kids sick but it's a matter of i've had the conversation all the time do you want kids or do you want to be a parent do you want yeah, kids yeah. or do you want to be a parent two totally different things
0: i'm dying to be a parent <laughs> my
1: my parents had kids because they that was what they were told they were supposed to do yeah and because they wanted kids I did a fucking shocking job parenting. Yeah. I mean, they're using the tools they've got, and I am, I am the way that I am because of that. Yeah. But these weird expectations set up by shit is just like, why aren't we questioning them more? Like, don't even question them more on a whole. Question them personally. Like, is that for me, or do I just think that's for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I truly want to do that thing, it will occur to me to a day that I want to do it.
2: Yeah.
1: Do I actually want to do it?
0: Yeah, and also, like, if I do want to do it, what does it look like? Yeah. What does it feel like?
1: Yeah. You know? And what do I... what do, Compromise again. What am I willing to compromise for that thing? Yeah. Like in my mind right now, the desire to have kids is not ever present. Mm -hmm. I think I could get to the end of my life and have not had any kids, not been a parent and not be like, oh God, what a waste of a life. Missed out. Yeah. But I think of the things that I would have to sacrifice for that right now, that is just not statistical possibility for me right like it's not that i lose so much of my current existence to that yeah not as a loss just as a thing that i can no longer have as easy yeah how much harder am i willing to work to have a good sleep in on a sad day every now and then yeah have a good night's sleep be waiting for me when i get home Mm. like what am i willing to give it and it's at the moment not and so few people have conversations like that with themselves about those milestone things
0: yeah I think also like that making it personal is like if you go back five years it was I never want to have kids I want to make all the money Mm. and now it's like I want to be a parent and I I need to figure out a way to make the money now so I don't have to worry about it when it's happening Yeah, you know and it's like that making it personal that making it like applicable to me not in general not like living in a fairy like no 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 if I was to have a kid in this house
2: Mm.
0: what are the prerequisites Yeah, you know and like when you start having that conversation I feel like not just having a kid, everything becomes obvious. Yeah. I don't want to be the guy who drinks four coffees a day. I need mm-hmm. to figure that out. Yeah. I don't want to be the guy who, who fucking wakes up tired every day. I need to go to bed earlier. Yeah. You know.
1: And there's stuff like that that it's going to... When it happens, you'll still be fucked up. Yeah. Because like at least you've sort of prepared yourself. You've done the work. Yeah. At least a little bit. And if that's what you need to sort of get you to a point that you're willing to do it, then see it. It's And crazy. you're either going like to be able to enforce all that shit or at least know that that's what you had intended to do, and that this is what life's done for you, and you're making the best out of the right. tools you've got.
0: I think our parents were similar in that they did what they did because it was a done thing, and yeah. it was their turn, and that, and they used the tools that they had access to, and that's how I was made. Yeah. Right. And like that, you know, the the fucking collection of weird character traits and like experiences that have I had that I've had other result of that exact yep. formula. And it's funny. I was talking to Mum about this, and I spoke about this on my previous podcast that. Now I'm in a position where, you know, she didn't do as much thinking about having a kid as what I've done already. Yeah. And she was my age when she had me, a bit younger. And she's like, you know, I think about it as a would-be grandma, and I don't think it's that appealing to have a, a grandchild in this world. Yeah. Right? And I try to, and like, I obviously just want to play devil's advocate at the moment because I'm smarter than my parents. We all are. We like to we, think we, we are. We know
1: we should be. Yeah, I mean, that, that's they've a done point. They, if they've done it, every time I get, oh, you think you're so much smarter than me. I should be. Like, if yeah. you think you've done a sick job, yeah. I
0: should be fucking heaps smarter. I'm, I'm V2.0. <laughs> yeah. I should be smarter. Yeah. So, I, I like, and my rebuttal was, I get what you're saying, but what if my child is the one who saves the world? Yeah. What if, like, I'm part of a bigger picture and, like, my opinion on what the world is right now doesn't fucking matter, you know? Just because I thought about it doesn't make it this, you know, this result or that result. The idea is, like, that forethought I'm not even to the point that I'm making here. I'm just passionate about the subject. But that forethought is like almost putting myself through this apprenticeship of life, so that when that next thing comes along, I have the applicable tools to help yeah. that. You know, and that's why I say I want to be a parent and not just have a child, because it's like I'm actually more fascinated in teaching everything in that process. I've learned, so that by the time they're ten, they are where I am now. Yeah. So that by the time they're thirty, they're this motherfucker times ten. Yeah. You know.
1: It's um, I have this toll. It's slight bit off but it's i have this whole perspective thing that i came to i don't know like eight or so years ago i was sitting in an airport and every person i was absolutely exhausted every person that walked by i was like you have all got drama you've all got shit going on at home one of your mums is sick your husband's just died like there's shit happening in your lives and you're all the center of your own universe every single one of us is so fucking insignificant Mm. who actually cares the microchasm of your life is like, I hope to influence the lives of a small handful of people in a positive way, and that is my impact on the world. Right. Could be greater, could be less, don't care. That's all I have control over. Yeah. Could die tomorrow, why not make today awesome? So the idea of having a kid is like, can't prepare for everything. I could not be around forever. Fuck, I could die in childbirth. Barely happens, but it could happen. Yeah. I need to make sure that, that that the people around me are willing to keep take that on. Yeah. Could lose my house. Get disabled, legs don't work. Something. I need to make sure that my life, the value of my life, is enough that I can be robust enough to get through that. Yeah. Keep on mumming because you do it forever.
0: That's your job now.
1: Just even despite my parents not ideally wanting to be parents, just wanting kids, they still you're still a mum and a dad.
2: Yeah, yeah. You yeah. don't
1: want to do the work, but you're they're doing the the bit you can to keep them alive.
0: Yeah, I think that um. That everyone is the center of their own universe. Like, one of my biggest realizations as a human was like, oh, they're as important to them as I am to me. Yeah. And like, when you when you like interact with someone, it's like really easy. You interact with someone they're like, fucking, what do you want? You know? Yeah. And you go... That's why well,
1: politeness is so important. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And like, immediately you go, don't, don't treat me like shit. Like, I'm having my day over here. It's like, they're only treating you like shit because they're having their day over there yeah. and it's fucked for whatever reason. The coffee was wrong. They didn't sleep right last night. Their wife just died.
1: And that makes us forgiving people because they probably... If we'd respond in kind, yeah, it would totally project the experience twelve times as big, right? Because they're getting bad shit back, and their shit's already bad.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's funny. That um, but also the same in the same light, and this isn't the same topic, but it is like you will a hundred percent find what you're looking for in the world, you know. And if you go and like, it's funny. I feel like I really switched something this year, being a business owner and having more time to think about like myself and like especially. Like, relations with people where you're like, okay, this didn't go right. What what went wrong sort of thing. And, like, those times where you do interact with that person, is like, what the fuck do you want? You're like, oh, bro, you having a bad day. Yeah. What's up, dude? Like, I'm, I'm in no rush. What, what's going yeah. on? You know? And it's like, when you have that, you'll find the good that's in that conversation because yeah. you're looking for it. You're like, I know you're in a bad mood. That doesn't need to be the be all and end all. That's where we started. Yeah. You know? How fucking crazy! Because uh, and like that—that's the change in the world. The commute, the building community is awesome. That mean living a meaningful life is great. But as far as like the world working together, and like the whole system being, uh, what's that? What's that word? Where it all works together? Autonomous. Autonomous.
1: Synonymous. Synergies. Synergized. synergized. That's what
0: we're talking about. Yeah. For that to happen, it's like the cells need to talk to each other. The Cells need to communicate and respond and do the thing they need to do. And that doesn't happen if you're looking for shitty things to happen in the world
1: interpersonal kindness is so underrated yeah just give it out not even you don't have to be overtly kind. just be a polite decent person just the baseline will be fine I always lean towards kindness I'll go out of my way yeah that's just because I'm willing to give it the time
0: yeah yeah fucking oath well well I feel like we've touched on every topic under the sun yeah besides the simpsons theme uh attire is it
1: people say simpsons toy story it's not got a theme it's just clouds right
0: yeah fuck it i'm gonna go simpsons because that's what i grew up on yeah bloody oath well if people want to find you online not you where can they find you
1: um at Demi underscore on instagram um or guardians of happiness on instagram i've actually i've got a, a created page where i do all my art stuff at what brooke makes oh i followed that this morning yeah on instagram yeah and um we've got guardians of happiness facebook and i don't really use facebook anymore because it's they're dying oh and it's horrible
0: you go in there and check Garbage. your feed and it's just all people arguing about nothing the you algorithm
1: know? is right wing left wing there's yeah. no nuance in between those anymore so and
0: there's no just like being into something nah. you know like even all the the hobby pages have all turned into like well, i feel this way about this hobby and it's oh. like can't it just be like
1: and the policing of that well um in the rules you can't actually talk about that element of this hobby in this yeah. group it's like fuck. Yeah. uh back to reddit 4 the darkest corners of the universe
0: yeah dude yeah and they're even kind of more dangerous echo chambers to be a part of but they feel so good
1: oh, i know and it feels like there's so little policing i always talk about ideally getting to a mad max point in the world yeah and they're they feel like Mad Max already. They are yeah. just out here. You can't be sensitive. And if you are, you're not on them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll catch you later. Yeah. And there's something like, I I, I kind of have this anecdotal like idea of like the small towns keeping people true because you run into people that you know all the time. Yeah. So if you want to be a little bit crazy, unless you are genuinely crazy, people are going to be like, don't be crazy. Yeah. Just be normal. You know? It makes
1: it hard to reinvent yourself, though. I see so many people that I know that would just, if you could just clean slate their life and start again. Yeah. They could be doing, they they know what they wanted to be doing different and they kind of need the dramatic start again notion instead of the tiny change. Yeah. Tiny change. Tiny
0: change. I'm going to wear brown socks instead of black socks today.
1: People, I mean, I wear, I wore pants six months ago for the first time many people had seen me in pants and yeah. that was the first thing they said. Oh, I've were, never seen you in pants. Yeah i might, like, if that is if that's a notable change. Yeah. How, what are people getting away with out here?
0: Yeah, well, dude, this is a thing. Nothing.
1: Like, you can't change to tea if you've been drinking coffee because your Brewster regular will be like, "But I don't measure coffee because you always get coffee." Yeah, like yeah,
0: tea tea. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I find this fucking funny. I, I got these um I got these like massive. I've been getting into wearing baggy and baggy pants because it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> you know, <laughs> these are size thirty eight. I'm a size thirty two. I just jeans rolled up inside my belt, but. I got these massive pants and I got my seamstress to like make three quarters out of them but like three quarters plus a couple inches so Gold that
1: full limb biscuit
0: they're fucking hilarious and nobody pulls you've me seen, up on it
1: you've seen the rollerblading dude with the yeah. giant pocket air dolphin yeah. yeah dude yeah.
0: him and i, I dm each <laughs> other <laughs> and, and they're like his the pockets are so big you can fit blades in them yeah like rollerblades yeah, them. Yeah, my oh. friend and i
1: send him to each other all the time and she's just like this guy gives me so much dopamine like, i'm yeah. looking at him and I'm like God, i want to be him
0: but he's got his like his upper half is made out of plasticine yeah it's perfectly tanned he's got perfect abs He's just like who are you <laughs> like Fucking
1: skating around to freestyling <laughs> What's that? That song Freestyle. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And dude, the things that he does, and th- this, is, this is super cool, I think, because the things that he does are, like, not typically cool, but when you watch them, you're like, that's undoubtedly, like, creative genius.
1: Yeah, you know, you like look cool doing it. It's yeah. Like full, you've got the fun pants, the weird vibe is off, and also on at the same time. Yeah, it's yeah. It's the full package. It's a full aesthetic. I'm all into coordination. I like shit to be coordinated. Yeah. I think it's, the vibe is overall yeah yeah yeah. you yeah. can be a cool looking person and say the most boring shit in the world and i'm i feel robbed yeah like, i was expecting cool
0: yeah yeah that's fucking you're horrible you're
1: doing cool skating you want to look cool doing it
0: oh that's like when you meet fucking you know the, the the classic like you know gorgeous chick who has nothing to offer in a conversation oh yeah and you're like fucking all right
1: adversely a bloke that has i'm not pro or neg- anti-mullet i'm mullet neutral yep. facial hair everything neutral men have a real hard time playing around with style they've been set an expectation with cotton on and fucking connor yeah. and they play in that yeah. I like to see people being dangerous if you see a guy walking around with a fucking cool mullet and a weird moustache and they have no substance to them it's like please yeah. back it up
0: but there's nothing better when you see that guy and he rips out a wicked Aussie accent and he's got all those stupid bullshit sayings that he got from his old man you're yeah. like let's go yeah. like, talk it up you know it's funny though, that, that being like tying into the whole authenticity thing, you know, have you, have you follow these Monday motivation things I do? Yeah. So obviously it's been going on for, for like two and a half months now, I think where I like every Monday I start with a story of me, you know, trying to be motivational yeah. and the trick is the first one you record post that. Yeah. Because if you think about it too much...
1: You're thinking too hard. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And this morning, I'm like, I got my fucking Bose headphones on. My eyes are all puffy because I've, you know, yeah. been staring at a phone for three hours. And I'm wearing my fucking stupid jumper that I wear every morning that stinks. And I go to the door and I'm like, you know what, Monday? Rah, 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 and I yeah. watch it back. And I'm like, this is unattractive to the point of, like, admirable honesty. Yeah. You know?
1: it's um And it's so... I'm one of those also freaks that i love mornings i'm disgusting in the mornings like it's people we go away on overnighters and i need to really tone it down for people because nobody else is a fucking morning person if they say they are they're not the level morning person that i'm into they're like smiling and looking out of the window and i'm good morning yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) it's um and mondays are sick and the motivation is dope i have people i post all sorts of shit on my fucking instagram story it is a ridiculous space yeah i've like cried about smashed garlic on the floor cry danced in my kitchen like it's just lots of crying lots yeah of st- fucking goofy shit. i mean the first time i think i became actually aware of you as a person was the sunflower saga that was oh that was possibly one of the most hysterical i needed that added to it, a highlights reel someone in my life
0: someone fucked up the sunflowers at the front of my house yeah that was years ago
1: yeah
0: wow that was an
1: emotional ha- journey that was like
0: Yes, oh, I like, forgot I was, like, about, that. about
1: that. I about that. That's say, hilarious. But people ask about, oh god, we see the shit you posted on Instagram. Wonder what's on the cutting room floor. I'm like, fuck, fuck all. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I film it, it's going up.
0: Yeah, that's that's interesting. Hey, that whole like um, different perception thing as well, like different different conversation. Same thing though. Like when, like you know me from the sunflower thing, and like someone knows me from the spicy wings, and someone knows me from this podcast or that release or that event.
1: Someone referred to it as my law the other day. Oh yeah, they were yeah, just yeah. like you. Oh, you must have been around for that part part of Brooks Law, and I was like, law.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. Love that. That's, that's fucking perfect. Someone commented something about law the other day on, my, on one of my things. I'm like, the fuck is law? And I looked up. I'm like,
1: yeah, I do have a law.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay cool we have now touched on everything so thank you for your time and let's just really quick talk about this little gift that you brought so this is in a pot that you made yourself yes painted yourself yes and the plant was provided by
1: my brother who's a horticulturist unreal yeah he does landscaping and horticulture and uh, ceramics is something i started this year is like the next step in my creative journey right my mum was a is a university educated visual artist from when we were kids so we've been crafty kids forever yep but um no i made the pot and you
2: have
0: heaps of quirky shit. You know, so. Yeah, this perf- perfectly fits in. It's unbelievable how, like, when I saw you holding, I was like, "Oh, that's cool." I was on the phone when you arrived. I felt a bit like a business owner yeah. in the middle of shit, but yeah, when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, fuck! I never get cool, cool gifts. That's a cool gift." Yeah. So thank you very much. And it's for
1: robust, that. so it'll stay alive.
0: Hell yeah. Oh, I'm pretty good with plants. Maddie Blake gave me all these plants, and they're all half dead when I got them. Now they're all like, I, I want to check them out before. I want to say thriving. I think they're just about at the thriving stage now.
1: Kind of live, laugh, love. And-
0: yeah, fucking oath. Roto everyone, thank you for listening. Uh don't forget to like, subscribe, follow me on everything. Do the thing, buy shit off my website, be good to your mum, cause we're fucking out. Yo! Yeah!